1: In my new book with Mark Tim, mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. Welcome to the podcast. This is
2: your host, Seth Green. Today, I've got the good fortune to be with Paul Ferreira, a accountant, attorney, and certified fraud examiner, among many other things. Paul, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you for inviting me.
2: So you're an accountant and an attorney. Let's go back in time a little bit. How did you get started?
1: Um, well, the accounting was the family business. My father was an accountant and um, he had a, an accounting practice in Newark, New Jersey, he catered to the Portuguese community there. Um, I'm first generation American. Um, my parents were from Portugal. So, um, and accounting was my plan B. I, you know, I went to, if I didn't make it into law school. So I went uh, to college, graduated um, with a degree in accounting. Uh, but when I got admitted into Cardozo Law School in Manhattan, I thought I'd never do accounting again. Uh, I started a pretty, um, pretty cons- you know, normal uh, legal career as a prosecutor uh, in Newark, New Jersey. But I noticed, you know, getting all the scrub cases that scrub prosecutors get uh, in the beginning. But as my experience grew, I started getting anything that had some sort of a financial angle because of my accounting acumen. Uh, and I realized that I started, you know, I enjoyed it a lot. I had, like, I liked the gotcha aspect of trying to figure out what the scheme was, following the money, tracing it, and, uh, and proving uh, the fraud or the, or, or the, the crime. So um, the same thing happened when I transitioned into private practice. I was working in the New York metropolitan area, focused on doing complex financial fraud investigations for insurance companies and their claims, um, and I was and I am a good attorney, but there are a lot of good attorneys in the Manhattan area. So I decided, I qualified to become a certified uh, public accountant, um, and I decided to take the test and hopefully pass so I could distinguish myself from uh, from my colleagues, my peers that were working in that area, and that's exactly what I did. So I um, I passed all four parts of the CPA exam in one sitting, while practicing law, which is one of my proudest, I'm gonna say that's a one heck of an accomplishment. Uh, yeah, one uh, one of my proudest uh, professional achievements. Uh, but I just yeah I want to be clear: I became an accountant to be a CPA to be a better attorney, not to let go, not to switch careers. Um, being a CPA helps me understand financial transactions, um, both illegitimate and legitimate ones. You know that help. Uh, that help my clients out. So, and I also, I don't function in dual roles. I am an attorney. I, you know, people hire me, I am their attorney, but as a CPA, I can, how do I say, uh, identify, I speak the other language so I can identify issues and say, you need to speak to your accountant about this, or we need to run this by your tax CPA or something else, because what we do legally may impact the other. Makes a lot of sense.
2: That's a heck of an impressive background. Um, again, thanks for joining us. A special thank you to Robert Lehman, financial advisor, um, who introduced us. Now, how did that translate? Doing, I mean, at one at one point, you're doing financial fraud investigations. How does that translate into your what, what you're doing now in terms of like estate planning work?
1: Um, well, it, it's a little complicated, uh, but um, I while I was doing this, I'm also an officer in the Army Reserves. Thank you for your service. I was in um, on the New Jersey side of the Hudson River, and I watched the the towers come down. And I knew that my life would eventually go on a serendipitous detour. Um, And between 2003 and 2017, I was called to active duty. um, Eight of those 14 years. So more of that time I spent on active duty than I did at home. There were no. That time Um, and after nine eleven, a new discipline within uh, the intelligence air grew. It's called uh, counter threat finance, where you track money that uh, the terrorists use to fund themselves and pay and try to disrupt it. I got involved in that piece uh, while in those investigations while I was uh, on active duty those those years, and I ended up in Tampa, Florida, uh, on my last tour, my last active duty tour duty with. uh, United States Central Command, uh, working in their uh, in uh, their policy and strategy um, section. Uh, and I love Tampa so much that I decided to stay uh, past the Florida Bar in 2016 uh, and started thinking, OK, I want to stay in Tampa. What am I going to do afterwards? Uh, and I became in-house counsel to uh, a not-for-profit called Softworks here that does um, rapid research and development for, uh, United States Special Operations Command. And I was their CFO and, and their in-house counsel. And I started working with a lot of veteran owned businesses and veterans. And I, and I really became, uh, enamored with. Uh, things that we can do to help the warrior, the warfighter, through technology, hard and soft technologies, you know, whether it's a piece of equipment or software uh, and the whole government procurement process. And I started working with these veterans. So uh, I eventually set up my own firm, the LexWorks Law Firm. And originally I was focused on helping these guys with federal government contracting, because once your business touches the federal government, it gets much more complicated. and I started talking to them and getting to know them, found out that while they are veterans are uniquely suited to be entrepreneurs, but a lot of them, uh, were not clueless, but just, um, challenge because they had been in the military for so long. And many times I would ask well, what happens if you, to your business, if you get hit by a bus going home and a lot of them were like, I don't, I don't have any, you know, I got a will from the Marine Corps five years ago before I deployed. I've been divorced since then, remarried, had two kids. All right, so um, I started working on the estate planning aspect as part of my services to these veteran-owned uh, businesses and say so we need to take care of um, you know, a succession plan. What's going to happen if something happens to you? Make sure your family is taken care of. Uh, and also, if there are partners in the business, what happens to the business if one of you um, if one of the partners gets taken out for whatever reason. So that's how I ended up doing the estate planning. That is
2: obviously a circuitous route, um, not the normal one that we would hear from an estate planning attorney. So thank you for the journey you took to get there. And of course, thank you for your service and your continued service to (laughs) other veterans. What do you think some of the biggest mistakes are that uh, business owners are making and entrepreneurs are making when it comes to their estate planning?
1: Um, not having any or having it old, not having it updated. Uh, I'd be, you'd be surprised how many people I talk to, um, and are not thinking about it. Uh, if there are partners in the business, um, you know, mostly the people I deal with are small businesses, LLCs or something. So if if a key person gets taken out, it's a, for whatever reason, it's a big hit to the company. So, um, normally spouses, um, as uh, well-qualified as they may be, can't run it. So they're just not, they're not, they're not thinking strategically. Uh, there's a lot of vehicles, a lot of ways you can protect it, uh, the business, uh, and take care of your, your survivors. And also from the perspective of the surviving business owners is like, if there's no succession plan or, or estate planning for, with your partners, you wake up one day, your partner's gone, and now you are partners with their spouse because they just inherited half of the company or whatever percentage they own, and they have a say at the table, whether they know what they're doing or not.
2: That, that obviously could cause some issues and disrupt things just a little bit. Why do you think those things happen? Why do you think we fail the plan, don't update it? Why is that happen so frequently?
1: Oh, I think it's just normal entrepreneurial stuff. You, you start a business, you get overwhelmed, uh, and you're thinking about the day-to-day. Um, how am I going to make payroll this week? How am I going to make it next week? And you're not thinking strategically or far ahead or what happens. Or, or you're thinking to yourself, you know, I need to do this, but you keep kicking the can down the road because you're, you're dealing with pop-ups now and, and whatever crisis of the day is, is coming.
2: And then how do those clients find you? How, how do you? how do you get the word out about what you're doing?
1: Well, um, I do a lot of um, I'm very heavily involved in the veteran entrepreneur uh, community here in Tampa. Um, obviously, there's uh, my uh, website, the LexWorks Law Firm, dot com, uh, here in Tampa. But mostly it's organic networking, uh, talking to these uh, business owners. Uh, I am... I kind of have a disruptive business model, so I have uh, subscription agreements with a lot of my clients and what that is, that includes, uh, it's a monthly payment, you know, few hours, um, few hours to uh, many hours a month, depending on your needs, but it also includes quarterly strategic uh, meetings. So the first one may be, let me review, let's review all of your internal contracts for the next 90 days. And then after that, let's review your insurance policies for the following 90 days. And then the next term could be, let's focus on your estate succession planning after that and see if you what you have. If you have anything, let's review it. If you don't, if you're in a good spot, then we just move on. If not, we try to fix that before. So we're trying to stay proactive uh, with, my, stay engaged and proactive as opposed to having the client call you when there's a problem and they're like you know my partner just passed and he had no will now what and it's much more complicated and much more expensive uh, to deal with um, than it is if you're proactive absolutely
2: an ounce of prevention is worth and much cheaper than a pound of cure for sure Yes. yes um with all the success you've had helping others what's your biggest challenge now
1: uh the biggest challenge well i'm an entrepreneur myself you know so yeah anything that um time management is a big challenge uh self-care making sure you take care of yourself uh, is also a huge challenge um yeah i i think that those are some of the biggest um biggest two challenges i have just like anybody else you know coming up with uh and just the regular day-to-day stuff that a business owner has has to deal with
2: that makes a lot of sense. Your passion is obvious for what you're doing. What do you like best about what you're doing?
1: Um, I, get to, I'm, I get to help veterans, I see them succeed. So, I mean, um, and, and I, I just don't want to focus on veterans uh, too much. I mean, if you're an entrepreneur in the area and you, uh, you know, you, uh, I love to see, you know, love to work with you and, and engage with you. Uh, veterans have some um, specific issues, uh, but um, for the most part, uh, watching them succeed Uh, I just helped a company that because they were veterans, they um, did things on honor and a handshake and they got stuck holding the bag when the deal fell through and they were facing a significant lawsuit of more than $750,000 and I was able to plus attorney's fees uh, and they were the only ones left holding the bag, so to speak, so I was able to negotiate that out for just 15,000 maybe. Wow
2: that is a humongous difference
1: yes it's huge so it's a very proud moment for the firm and we were you know I'm happy to um, you know see them like breathe a sigh of relief know that their business is not going to be lost to a judgment or or their personal assets being at risk so uh, that gives me great pla- yeah great joy
2: absolutely you give advice every day what's the best advice you've ever gotten?
1: Um, take care of yourself. Um, seriously, I, uh, um, I follow this guy that's called Miracle Morning or morning. Yep. Hello, Rod. He's been on the show. Yeah. So I, I, you know, um, like anybody else get interrupted, but I do the, the meditations and all of that, um, take care of yourself, carve out time for yourself. If you're an entrepreneur and just, um, you know, make sure the connections with your family is there. Um because one day you'll wake up and say, "What was it all worth?" You know, now I've got a successful business, but what happened in between? I
2: I could not have said that better. Amen to that. Um, we know your time's incredibly valuable. Anything else you want to share that we haven't gotten to yet?
1: Um, no, I mean, um, yeah, if you are an entrepreneur, um, you know, I highly recommend, I am not a business coach. I tell my clients that all the time, but I highly recommend qualified business coaches to help you because they will kind of, I call it a forcing function. They will make you deal with the day to day stuff. And then kind of, if you've got a good one, force you to deal with the strategic stuff, uh, oftentimes I, um, uh, I refer my clients to business coaches, um, and I see you're not ready yet also if there's there are programs that teach you the entrepreneurial process so if you have an idea But and you're thinking about going out on your own take one of those classes whether it's community college uh, A not-for-profit take it validate your idea. You may come away from it It's like some of these are six to eight week courses that you do on the weekends You may come away from it saying wow um, That saved me a lot of money. I would have made a big mistake, or I'm not ready for this, or this is a lot different. Uh, There's a saying when I worked in the research and development world, it was like, failing is okay as long as you fail fast and you fail cheap, because you know that this isn't going to work. You don't want to fail long, and you don't want to fail expensive. You don't want to spend years trying to build something, fail, and then lose a lot of money. I would agree with
2: all of that. Well, again, we know your time is valuable. We greatly appreciate you spending some of it with us. I know that you mentioned the website before. Can you give it out to our viewers and our listeners one more time?
1: Yes. It's the Lexworks Law Firm, L-E-X-W-E-R-X Law Firm, uh, LLC in Tampa, Florida. Um, Just Google that and you should be able to find it.
2: Awesome. And we'll give you a legal disclaimer. Um, We were not giving any legal advice on the show. And, um, Again, Paul's firm is licensed in several states. However, if you are not in those states, seek appropriate counsel, please. Uh, This has been Seth Green with Paul Ferreira of the LexWorks Law Firm, LLC. Um, Thanks to Bob Lehman again for the introduction. Uh, Paul, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, sir. Thanks everybody for watching or listening and we'll talk to you or see you next time. Do you need money to fund your idea, product or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done?